Good morning. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Yeah. Too right it is. All right. Outward focus. That's good. We've had three great messages, haven't we? Yeah. That's three people that think that, yeah? <laughs> First of all, we had Reuben talking about nah man. Nah man. Nah man, the man who kept saying nah. Uh, but because, because he, he, thought, he, he thought that he knew what God would do. He knew the way that God would work things out. But he was wrong. And when he went God's way, he got healed and set free. So we need to understand that stop looking at just the way you've always done things. God might want to do something different. Usually does. His ways are better than our ways. Then we had Paul's great message on, on, on neighbours. And he talked about three things about how that good neighbours build bridges. How that we need to build bridges to our neighbours. And good neighbours value others and that good neighbours are already equipped by the Holy Spirit. You're already ready to go. Come on, Christian. We're ready to go. We have all that we need to be a good neighbour to others and to reach them for Jesus. And then Ruth talked about ourselves not, not having an inward focus that we see ourselves just like the people of Israel saw themselves as grasshoppers and everybody else as giants, except for Caleb. She talked about Caleb and how that he believed God. He said, we are, we are well able to go up and take this land. And, and you know, we, we must uh, see what God can see. That's what she talked about. Let's see what God can see and not just limit ourselves uh, to that. And so this morning I want to continue on this theme of outward focus. And I want to talk about uh, branches that go over the wall. Branches that go over the wall. And this comes from a scripture in Genesis 49 where it talks about uh, Joseph. And uh, that, that was a prophecy that was given over Joseph. Remember there was Abraham and there was Isaac and there was Jacob. Remember those three? And Jacob had 12 sons and his favorite son was Joseph. And uh, so he, he, he was there. And uh, he, he was the guy with the dream coat, the colored coat. And uh, when his father, Jacob, was about to die, he called his 12 sons and gathered them around his bed. And he spoke a, a prophetic word over them. You can read about it, what he said over them in Genesis chapter 49. And he spoke over them and said, look, I'm, I'm heading out. Uh, I'm off. And, uh, but I want to bless you before I go. And I, I think that's a great way to go if you have the opportunity. And uh, so he, he has this man, uh, his son Joseph, and uh, Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers. And he ends up in Egypt and finally eventually becomes the prince of Egypt. But the prophecy that his father spoke of him is found in verse 22 of Genesis 49. And it says this. It's up on the screen, I hope. It says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring, whose branches climb over a wall. What a great thing to say about somebody. And this was what was happening in Joseph's life. And he was a man that, despite what was thrown at him, he just becomes a source of life to others that are around him. He just becomes so blessed that everything he touches gets blessed. 
And everybody around him gets blessed. He's that sort of a person. And uh, in Egypt, famine comes on the land and, and uh, Pharaoh has a, has a, has a dream and, and Joseph interprets the dream and, and, and there's seven years of famine, seven good years. And, and Joseph was a key to saving that nation and saving the nations around him. And even his brothers in the end turned to him for food. They didn't like him. They sold him into slavery. But eventually they come and they bow down before him. They don't know who he is, but he reveals himself. And he is the instrument. Joseph is the instrument to save them and the nation of Israel. The blessing of God flows through him, flows through his bloodline. And as sons and daughters of God, the blessing of God flows through you and I. You see, this is us, a fruitful vine. This is you. God sees you as a fruitful vine. God sees this church as a thing that has been planted here in Kerry Kerry to bear fruit right in this community, right in this far north area. You know, and God's ordained that we be fruitful. You know, that we, that we produce life from here, from this place. And uh, so that was what Joseph was like. And when Jesus is talking about vines, he says in John chapter 50, he says, I am the true vine. And he points us back to the source of the life, Jesus himself. He said, I am the, if, you, if, if you remain in me, you, you will bear much fruit. And as a church here in this community, we're not the whole church. We're just part of the church in this area. We're just a branch of the church. And we don't want to be inward focused and think that we, everything has to come through us. It doesn't. But some things will come through us. Hallelujah. And we'll be a blessing in the place where God has planted us. We don't have to do everything. But we can do something, can't we? You see, the fruit is bound, found on the branches. And these branches are destined to go over the wall and not just remain in the house. It's an important thing that we need to understand. And Joseph said this to his brothers. After his father had passed away, Joseph said this to these brothers who had sold him into slavery. He said this, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, he was in a position. God had placed him through difficulties, through things that he never understood, through things he wished had never happened, he ended up right in the place that God wanted him to be. Hallelujah. And there he began to produce fruitfulness. He began to be a fruitful vine. He began to be a man of substance. He began to be part of God's answer. And so it was, it was a great thing. And this church is placed here for the saving of many lives. We are in a strategic place at a strategic time for a strategic operation of the Spirit of the living God for the saving of many lives. And hallelujah, that's what God wants us to be. And that's who we are. And you are part of God's answer. Every one of us is part of We are not just saved just to sit around and just enjoy everything that God pours into us. We are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. And as a church, God is blessing us not just to enjoy and consume everything on ourselves, but we want to have an outward focus. 
and look out from beyond ourselves and be a blessing in this place. See, we're a fruitful vine. We, you, you, as a son and daughter of God, have an ability to turn life's twists and turns around and still be fruitful no matter what happens. It says that Joseph would be a fruitful vine by a spring. We need to be near a spring. We need to be planted where water is flowing. See, so often people, Christians, go over the wall, but they don't remain connected to the spring. The mistake I've seen over and over again is the people sometimes who go over, out of the box and over the wall forget to stay connected to the source of life that God has given to them. And they can easily forget where the source of life flows from. Verse 5 of John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Our connection to Jesus Christ is important. And we can do all sorts of things, but we're not have an intimate connection with the vine. Then we'll soon fade and wither and die. See, it's like that. We are built, we are branches that are attached to the vine. Our ability to bear much fruit is found in our ability to remain in him. Six times Jesus says in this passage, John 15, remain in me and I in you. And so we need to put our roots down into a flow of living water. You see, being in church washes us. Being in church on a Sunday morning aligns us again. You see, we can do all sorts of things, but we need to be connected. We need to be by the spring. See, God has opened a well in this place. There is living water in this place. Thirsty people are coming and finding their lives being nourished and, and nurtured and, and, and watered and, and refreshed in this house because God's opened a well. And, and, and so it's important to be here. Part of being and remaining alive and passionate is to be in the house and be, put our roots down by the spring. Otherwise, we'll end up withered and dried and bitter. Get near a spring and stay connected. One of the devil's greatest strategies is to disconnect you and me. We start to think, I don't fit here. I don't belong here. But in dry times, you have to put your roots down deeper and just hang in there and keep drawing of the water of life. Then it says, this vine, which is a fruitful thing, has branches that goes over the wall. It's a lovely picture. It's the picture of beyond. It's what Anita is talking about, of being connected with a beyond. Yeah. Of not just living to ourselves, but having a beyond, a, the, the branches that go over the wall. See, it's possible for a church to be walled in. Yeah. 
You can get so involved in all the dynamics of the church and what church is and what church isn't and, and what's this and what's that and what's the other. And, the, and before long, we're, well, all we got is, is we're involved just in our little world of, of the church. And Jesus said the health is found when your branches go out over the wall and you bear fruit out there. Hallelujah. That's so important. We can too easily forget the neighbors. We, begin, we, we, we can begin to think that the neighbors ought to come to church. But the reality is that the branches need to go over the wall and get to the neighbors. That's where the life of the church is. And, and this is part of the reason why I so appreciate the heart of this church. I mean, really, this strong desire to get out there. On Friday, we've got Guy Fawkes. Friday night, wow! You know, Easter time, we're out there in the community. Impact Youth Night. You know, we, we want to be out there. And, and, and opportunity and be part of the, of the community. Our mission, statesman, our mission statement states this. Everybody say that quickly. Our mission statement states this. Our mission statement states this. Our mission statement states this. All right. Our mission is, this is, a, this is part of the reason why I love this church. Let's read it together. Here we go. One, two. Our mission to reach and impact our community and the world with the gospel, seeing lives transformed and people empowered to serve and lead in all areas of life. I'm happy to belong to that. I'm happy to be part of that. Hallelujah. That rings my bell. You know, that is what church is about. Hallelujah. You know, we want to reach and impact this community. Not just sit in church and sing our songs and give our, our money and, and sit around and have coffee together and everything else. Hallelujah for all of that. But if we don't, if our branches don't go over the wall, we've missed our reason for being. And we've missed our reason for why God has raised this church up. Hallelujah. I think it's fantastic. You know, Sophia and I sit here and we just love seeing lives transformed. I look around here and I see people and I think, wow, you're different from what you were. Jesus has come into your life. The Spirit of God has started to work in our lives and he's changing us. Hallelujah. Day by day he's changes, week by week. And when we come into church, hallelujah, he changes us a little more. Oh, yes, it's wonderful what God can do. You see, the thing is that you and I hold the key to life. His name is Jesus. We know him. We know what he can we know that he can transform a life. We know that he can empower a life. He's done it for us. And if he can do it for us, he can do it for our neighbors. And so it's like that. Jesus. There are seven I am's of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. That staple thing that people need. Hallelujah for nourish. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He said, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. See, we need, people need guidance. They need to find a way. And he is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection. People, people are looking for not just life in this life. They know there is a beyond. 
They know there is life after death, but they don't know how to find the answer and to find their way to heaven. Jesus is that way. Hallelujah. He says, and then he says, the seventh one, I am the true vine. You see, people, we are not here. We are not peddling some humanistic philosophy of life. As good as those things of self-help might be, we are proclaiming Jesus, the power of God unto salvation. Friends, there is a heaven. Make no mistake, there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a hell to escape. We don't need to be fooled about these things or think that we need to soft pedal these things. The church and the gospel is not about some trifling sideline to life. It is the answer to life. Jesus Christ is the answer to life. Hallelujah. We are not here for peanuts. We are here for eternity and for the eternal souls of people who are on their way to a Christless eternity. And we have the answer. We cannot just live to ourselves and hope that everything will be all right. Our branches have to go over the wall. Our neighbors need to be reached. We can't just sit, sit at home thinking, oh, well, never mind. When God has given us the answers deep within our spirits and changing our lives, and the passion of the gospel needs to grip our hearts. Jesus is the author of life. He longs to heal the sick and open the prison doors. He longs to restore the bruised and mend the broken. And you and I, we hold the answers that people are searching for. Sophie's going to come and share a thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to her about. There's a story in the book of Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6. It was a time when Samaria was under siege. The king of Syria had attacked. He gathered all his military together and had surrounded the, the city of Samaria, the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And they were being starved out as way. And over a period of time, as you can imagine, a huge famine came into that area. It got so bad, it was so terrible that mothers even started to eat their own children. It was a shocking thing, but that, and, and later on in chapter six, going into early chapter seven, there were four lepers that were sitting at the gate of the city, and they were having this talk, little chat between themselves. She says, if we go into the city, we're, we're gonna die. If we stay where we are, we're going to die. But if we go out there, we might, we might be saved, but we're going to die with one or the other. We've got more chance if we go out. And they're sitting there having this discussion, and um, they go out, they go out, and they find that the enemy camp is com completely deserted of people. You know, the camp is still set up, all the goods are still there, everything's still there, but the people, the military, have gone. All king of Syria's men had disappeared. See, God had moved in the night and they had heard the sound of mighty armies coming up against them and they had assumed that the God of the Israelites was, had sent others to come and attack them. So they scattered. That's what God does. So the four lepers went out, took their chance, went into the tents and found food. And they ate to their heart's content. 
And then they saw all these goodies and they, they had gold and silver and everything and they, they were hiding it and keeping it to themselves. And then in, in chapter 3 of second, um, chapter 7 of 2 Kings, let me just read this, word. I want to read the word of God. It says this, the lepers, they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report to the royal palace. And I, heard, I, I read that and I think it's not right to keep all that God has given us to ourselves. It's just not right. We need to tell others so that they might live and have the life that we have. You know, the heart of God is outward focused. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He left the task for me and you. It's time to go over the wall, to go out. God is with us. He is with us. And it's not a task we have on our own. We do it with him. And the Holy Spirit leads and shows us what to do. Oh, hallelujah. Sophie's going to share, she's doing a series of four things on how to share your faith, starting on August the four, uh, November the 14th at Mana on Wednesday nights. The four, four nights are going to be great, sharing our faith. There was a, in, in the days where I was in Blenheim, there was a fellow, his name was, we'll call him Bill. And he, he, he was six foot three. And he was big, and he was simple. And uh, he was married to a, a simple lady, and, and they were a, a lovely couple. And he used to drive the rubbish truck in Blenheim. And sometimes if you're walking around, you'd hear a, doo, doo, doo. Bill would give you a wave. Bill was, gave his life to the Lord. And, and loved Jesus and got connected. And um, I remember he went through our two-year Bible course that we had there, and he graduated. And he said, this is the first time I've ever graduated at anything, he says, and held up his certificate. He was a simple man, but he loved God. One morning he's driving with his mate, and he's driving his rubbish truck to go and pick up the rubbish around the town. And he's driving along the road, and it seemed like the Holy Spirit said to him, Bill, stop and tell your mate what Jesus has done for you. He drove, kept driving a little bit, and he just started, Bill, just stop and tell your mate. Oh, well, I shouldn't stop. I've got to keep driving. No, just stop. Well, eventually, oh, Bill, he stopped the old rubbish truck, put the old handbrake on, pulled over the top, and turned to his mate and said, said, mate, I need to talk to you about what's happened in my life. And he shared with them what change that Jesus had made in his life. And, and, and they talked for about 10, 12, 15 minutes and just shared. And in the end, his mate said to him, Bill, he said, I need, I need Jesus in my life. He says, I've lived these years and I really haven't worked it all out what life is about but I can see in you something's happened and you're different from what you ever used to be 
would you pray for me? And there at the side of the road, in the rubbish truck, Bill led his mate to Jesus. Helped him to pray a prayer where he opened his life and asked God to forgive him and to cleanse him and give him a new start in life. And the two of them sat there and they just shook hands at the end and said, welcome, welcome, so thrilled for you, says Bill. Went home, they finished the truck, they finished their, their ride and went to bed and went home and Bill shared with his wife what had happened and next morning he gets up in the, in, in the truck and trundles round to, to, uh, to pick up his mate to find out how he was going, knocks on the door. And his mate had died that night in his sleep. He passed out into eternity. Bill was sad but thrilled that he took the opportunity that the Holy Spirit had given to him that day. And this week, God is going to give you and I opportunities to connect with people. We're created to be fruitful vines with branches that go out into the community and be part of God's answer. See, Joseph was blessed with the blessings of his great-grandfather Abraham, and so are you. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We're already equipped, as you shared the other day. We carry the blessing of God within us, not just for us, that our branches might go over the wall, that there'll be more than enough. Friends, we do not need faith just to survive. We need faith to share. God's blessed us with more than enough, hasn't he? You know, Psalm 23 says, what does it say there? Surely, goodness, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. What? My cup overflows. My cup runs over. Friends, God's given you blessing after blessing after blessing so that not only will your cup be full, not only will your kids be blessed, but God's given enough for your cup to overflow. Hallelujah. We need to be involved in this community as we are in these days. Hallelujah. And continue to do. What have we got? A glass half full or a glass half empty? Glass overflowing hallelujah blessed to be a blessing god said to abraham i'll bless you and everything when everything you touch will be blessed people that bless you i will bless and you and i carry that same blessing on upon our lives and so we need to be able to share outward focus where's our focus going to be Maybe this morning you're like Bill. You know you should stop and share and opportunities come and go, but it's important that we stop to share with our mates, eh? Well, maybe you're like Bill's mate. Maybe you haven't really found the answers to life and this morning you realize that Jesus Christ is the answer. 
You say, I'm not really connected to him. I've heard about him, but I'm not. I've never opened my life fully to him. I'm not really connected. Then open your life to him this morning. I mean, really. You've seen the change that others, he's brought into other people's lives. And what a beautiful thing it would be this morning if you started out on your journey with Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. He is the author of life. He is the creator of life. He loves you. He knows how you tick. And He has the best for you that you could ever imagine for your life. But you need to come to Him. You need His forgiveness. You need God to cleanse you and give you a brand new start and wipe out the past of all the rubbish that's been in the past and begin again with Jesus Christ at the center of your life. What a beautiful day this would be if you met Jesus Christ like that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have so blessed us with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ Jesus. And you've blessed us over and over again. You've guided us, led us, and provided for us. Lord, you've planted this church and this community, and you've planted us. You've positioned us just like you positioned Joseph. You have positioned us for the saving of many lives. Lord, I thank you that this church is a fruitful vine and that its branches do go over the wall. My prayer is this morning, Lord, that you will open people's hearts. Lord, just like you opened that lady Lydia back in the, in the, in the days where, where of the early church, you opened her heart and she received Jesus as her Savior. What a difference you made in her life. And I pray that there be some here this morning that would experience that same life-changing moment of receiving you, Lord.